Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Now, as you heard there in the news headlines, Media Minister Catherine Martin has told the RT Director General Kevin Backhurst of her concern and frustration at the ongoing row over exit packages. The Minister had summoned the DG and the Chair of the RT Board, Shuni Rahali, to her office this morning. At a press conference afterwards, the Minister said she had asked the DG to consider all possible options to bring further clarity and transparency. Well, Director General Kevin Backhurst joins us now in studio. And you're very welcome uh, to the programme this evening, Kevin Backhurst. Um, I might I might bring you to back a couple of months to last year when RT was really right in the thick of it in the middle of this the biggest scandal it's ever faced undisclosed payments made to Ryan Turbidy disclosures about toys show the musical losses disclosure about an exit package we didn't know the price at the time but we knew about it to Breed O'Keefe in the middle of all that you agreed a substantial exit payment with Rory Coveney and you did not disclose it at the time was that was that a mistake? Um, it would be a mistake if, if that was what had happened. Uh, I think as Fionn Sheehan for The Independent confirmed the other night, um, I announced on, I think, the 10th of July that Rory Coveney was leaving RTE. And on the same day, I did a, I think it was quite an unprecedented doorstep or, or meeting with the Irish press where I answered questions for nearly an hour. And during that, I was asked whether Rory was going to receive payment when he left. And I said, yes, he was. So we did disclose it at the time. People seem to have forgotten about that. So you did disclose it at the time because I know you were asked specifically at the PAC last October if he'd received an exit package and you said at the time you couldn't talk about individuals. Um, so was that on the basis that you'd already mentioned it a couple of months previously? Well, no, on the ba- I, I said at the time he, he received a payment. I said I can't talk in detail about individuals and that remains the legal advice, uh, advice around talk about any individuals um, which is one of the reasons we've gone out and asked for updated legal advice to see if there's any flexibility where we can um, be even more or more transparent around some of the previous exit packages. But I have to say this is a, a very fraught legal area. Um, you know, a lot of these exit packages were agreed after the individuals went through legal processes. They were um, closely advised by their legal advisors, as was RTE. So, um, you know, this, these are very difficult areas and we have to take into account not just their individual rights as employees, which applies to everyone at RTE, as far as I'm concerned, from top to bottom. Every employee has a right to privacy and confidentiality. Um, we have to take into account Irish employment law, which is, um, you know, underwrites a lot of this, as, as the Tornister uh, himself referred to at the weekend, So, and GDPR. So, you know, these are very, very difficult areas. You know, I am trying to drive maximum transparency, but in the end... You know, I've never in my whole career been asked to break the law and I don't think it's a great idea to start doing that now. So in in terms of the impression that the public got, I understand that you're saying that you revealed this at the time, but the public was told that he had resigned. Mm -hmm. Do do you accept that there was certainly an impression made? Um, In fact, I'm just looking here at some of my notes and at the time Morning Ireland asked the communications department at RT if there was any financial payment made to Mr Coveney as part of his resignation. And in response, RT said, RT has accepted Rory Coveney's resignation. RT is not in a position to provide employment information relating to individuals. Mr Coveney is committed to cooperating with RT on any matter where he can assist. We will not be commenting further. So there was that one occasion that you're talking about, yeah. which I, I'll put my hands up. I, I don't remember that. Right. And clearly lots of other people well, don't remember it Well, I've forgotten about it either. until Fiona mentioned it on okay. Virgin the other night. Yeah. But it, there were other questions put to RTE where, around this exit payment mm-hmm. where they were told we're not providing any, any employment information. Should you have clarified then that there was an exit payment made? 
Well, possibly. I mean, as I say, we're weighing up some very difficult um, issues here. I mean, I can talk in detail about the Rory Coveney settlement because there seems to be a big focus on mm. this, um, how it came about. I can't talk about the amount, um, but I think I've indicated uh, in the statement roughly what that would be. Um, I think it's worth saying, before I started RT in the, on the 10th of July, um, I think a couple of days before, uh, Rory came to me and we were discussing the events that had happened, what was emerging about um, Toy Show the Musical, um, you know, I've known Rory, he's been at RT for 16 years and has advised, advised a number of directors generals. Um, and this was one issue. And Rory came to me um, and said he didn't think it was sustainable, that he should stay in the role. And I said to him, I agreed. And he also said to me, he thought it would give me a chance to refresh my leadership team, which I also agreed with. Um, so for, after that conversation, it was then a question of on what terms he would leave. Now, Rory had been here, as I say, for 16 years. So we there were absolutely no grounds um, to sack Rory on. Um, so there's a question of, you know, could we agree terms on which he would leave the organisation? Um, there was always the option for Rory to go to the um, WRC um, to take the case if he wanted to for wrongful dismissal. If if we ended up there where he would have ended up rather typically if, if it went through a mediated settlement with around two years uh, pay, he could have gone down that route. However, I took legal advice um, and I took advice from HR and Rory also took legal advice um, and we agreed on the sum which was way less than that and avoided any legal costs quite quickly and I have to say Rory never pushed for any any more money beyond that. Mm. I thought it was a well, fair settlement given, people, given the length of his career. There's some people, many people would say he shouldn't have been pushing for anything at all. I mm. mean he presided over the financial and reputational disaster for RTE that was Toy Show the Musical. Mm. We heard at the committee last week Anne O'Leary, chair of the Audit Risk Committee, telling the Iraq This Committee that Rory Coveney had, I'm quoting, deliberately circumvented the procedures that were in place on how projects received funding approval. The whole thing was an unmitigated disaster. So why did he deserve any payout? Uh, it was a disaster, and Rory, um, you know, admitted that. And when we talked about it, <clears throat> as I say, I was looking at this in the context of a 16-year career here, where Rory's presided presided over, you know, a number of really successful initiatives across the organisation. He he is he said he made a number of mistakes around that. I mean, frankly, this is maybe, a 2.2 million euro mistake. Yeah, but it's not all down to Rory Coveney. And when I took legal advice, I mean, Rory played a role in that. It was a you know, there were a number of mistakes made. Rory was a part of that, as he, as he rightly says. He was says. the lead part, though. Is that not key? Yes, it was important, but it was not enough uh, on its own to, to fire him over. So if you can't fire someone in a semi-state, you have to find another way of exit, exiting them from the organisation that provides value to licence fee payers. And as I said with Rory, I took that decision um, knowing that I would close the strategy role and therefore within a year we would save the money that we paid Rory um, when he left the organisation. Um, so by July, we would have recouped that money. There would have been zero cost to uh, RT licence fee payers. Um, it's been reported that he was paid €200,000 uh, or circa that in, in the exit pa package. I know you said you're not going to comment specifically on the figure, but is that in around the right the right amount? I told you I'm not going to comment on the indiv individual figures and there's no point in asking about individuals. It's, that's the legal advice as it stands at the moment. Um, I just wonder when it comes to legal advice and what you can tell us, what you can mm. tell us, that you know, it just seems to keep changing. Um, and even at the committee meeting mm -hmm. last week, you were asked to provide details of Breed O'Keefe's package mm -hmm. and you initially said you couldn't. And then you revealed it a couple of minutes later. Why did that happen? I said there are confidentiality issues and it wasn't a couple of minutes later. I think it was in, in response to two questions. Um, I had taken legal advice beforehand about um, the case of Breed O'Keefe and the difference between that and some of the other exit packages. 
Um, there is a difference when you agree to a voluntary exit package because the terms of that are very well known. Uh, the maximum amount is very well known. Um, Breeder O'Keefe had actually put the fact that she had signed up to that into the public domain herself, which I wasn't aware of until she put it out there. Um, you know, it was immediately off the back of her putting it out there that I commissioned that report into exit packages at RT, um, which has, you know, examined all the exit packages at RT, including Breeder O'Keefe's. So, you know, that was just one thing that we've done to dry, try and drive mm. maximum transparency. But, you know, her case was different because she volunteered the information. It was a voluntary exit package. It wasn't a legal process where there was a, a legal agreement between two sets of lawyers at the end of it. So the exit package terms then for Rory Coveney didn't follow any particular, like it didn't follow the 2017 exit package rules, I imagine, or the 2021. This was a, dispoke, a bespoke, excuse me, package for Rory Coveney. Yeah, and it was considerably less than he would have got under one of those packages, yeah. Um, was, there, uh, was, was he ever asked to leave without an exit package? Did that conversation take place? Uh, no, it didn't. I mean, we discussed it. Um, I felt it was the fair way for him to exit in that he'd done nothing that we could, we couldn't fire him. Um, you know, he's a young man with a career still ahead of him. And I thought in recognition of his time here, um, that it was fair that Artie made a fair settlement for him to leave. As I would for any employee, he leaves Artie. So your advice was you couldn't fire him, your legal advice? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did this all differ then with Paula Maluli, who decided to leave? She didn't receive an exit package because you, you began sort of the, the part mm. about Roy Coveney by saying that he came to you saying that it was best if he left. Uh, I assume she probably did the same. So, so how did that differ? It differed in that, um, you know, I thought it was necessary that Rory left as well as he think it was necessary that he left. Um, Paula came to me and said that she um, had decided she wanted to leave RTE. Uh, I said, was there any way I could persuade her not to because she's been a very important part of the organisation? And she said, no, she'd made her mind up. She wanted to go and pursue other opportunities. So she was leaving totally of her own accord. And there was no need, for the, in my view, for the organisation to try and exit her. Um, I want to ask you about Richard Collins then and an awful lot of talk as well about him, the former uh, chief financial officer. And what we've been told now is that after independent mediation, he agreed to leave. Was he paid to do so? Yes, he was paid to leave, yeah. Can you tell us roughly how much? No, I can't, for the same reason I've already said, Sarah. But what I can say about Richard is, again, there was a process um, with Richard. He and I had a, he and I had a discussion. Um, I think I, I was of the view that I needed to refresh my leadership team. Um, uh, Richard was the view that he wanted to stay here. Um, but in the end, um, we both um, agreed that it would be best to go through a mediated legal process so that we could find a way that was agreed through a formal process that Richard would leave the organisation and then I could bring in a new CFO to refresh the leadership team. Why was it necessary to put in a confidentiality clause? Uh, this is standard in mediation processes. And there's been a lot of talk about confidentiality clauses. Um, I would point out, if anyone goes to the WRC and anyone can go there to dispute being fired from an organisation or to go through a mediation process, um, a mediation process at the WRC, which is available to anyone at any grade, um, has an automatic confidentiality clause included. And this is absolutely common practice. It's not something that RTE has dreamt up. Um, you know, I've seen it many times in my career. It's often, if you agree um, terms of an exit, there are, obviously, there are often a number of things that you agree, such as mm. what is the wording of the, of the statement when someone's leaving, uh, confidentiality clause, which helps protect both the organisation and the individual involved. What and that's, about, what that's about what, public money? Yeah. If we go back to the key point of transparency mm -hmm. here, do you think you have the right to agree to confidentiality clauses when it comes to your decisions around the use of public money? 
I think if you're trying to find the most cost-effective way to change the leadership of the organisation, and that is the legal advice you get, that if you don't go down this route, it could end up costing you a huge amount more licence fee payers' money. And don't forget, when I came into the job, there was enormous pressure on me to bring new leadership to this organisation. And the only way to exit people from semi-states, and that's not just RTEs, any semi-state, um, is... You know, you have to have really strong ground to fire somebody, and if you don't have that grounds, you have to find a negotiated settlement. And that is um, that applies to every semi-state. And if the rules change for RT, I think that has much wider implications for all Irish semi-states. Well, because Catherine Martin, the minister, said today that she would like in any future arra- arrangements confidentiality clauses to be avoided. So will you agree to that? Well, we, we've got to look at that. That's part of what I'm going to be taking legal advice on. I can absolutely see why the minister says that. And uh, I think if we can... It's not, a, it's not a standard thing that I would like to use, but it is a, it's a very common part of any legal agreement. And I think we'll have to take advice and see where, how far we can get to not using confidentiality. I agree with that. I think we should be, you know, part of why I'm here um, is to sort out this enormous mess that RTE is in. Mm. And, you know, I can only do that by driving maximum transparency and by making changes in personnel that will work with me on transforming the organisation, mm. driving better... Uh, transparency across the organisation and making this, you know, a much uh, more responsible, transparent and open place to work. And I'm intent on doing that and I'll use the tools I have to use. Would you like Richard Collins to waive that confidentiality clause? The hard thing is, uh, the thing about mediated agreements with any employee, and this is going to be one of the issues about, I think, past exit packages, which there's also questions about is if you go through a mediation process and the organisation signs up to a legally binding agreement, um, it will undermine future trust in the organisation. Um, if you then say, do you know what doesn't suit us? That agreement we signed up to last year or three years ago, you know, we've now decided we want to walk away from it. And that's got to be one of the factors for well, an organisation. You wouldn't be breaking your side of the agreement, though. You could, but you could, you could suggest or ask him to do that in, in, for the good of the organisation, to mm. try and allow the organisation to move forward from a transparency perspective, equally with Rory Coveney. Yeah, look, I, I, uh, maybe it will be part of the discussion we have. I, I must say, I've got to wait for this updated legal advice about what we can do and what the measures are we can take and which avenues we can pursue to drive uh, transparency. Um, just in, in terms of all of this, you're talking about the good of the organisation. I just wonder what you think about how the staff feel about all of this again back in the trenches um, because last year you announced RD announced this minimum of 10 million euro in cuts to expenditure planned for next year some staff in the organisation on fixed contracts didn't have their contracts renewed they lost their jobs mm-hmm. without any compensation mm. they lost their jobs um, and they are probably young people with young families also who have to go find employment elsewhere and they're looking at what's happening here what do you say to those people and, and the view, the, the view that I don't know is it growing, but it's certainly there, that there is one rule for people on lower paying in RT and there's another rule for, for those who are on much higher paying executives? I, well, I say, look, I can totally understand um, people's, the staff's, um, you know, overall anger at what's been happening at RT. What I'd say to the staff and to uh, people listening to this is, you know, I, only, I can only work with the tools I have. There was an absolute need to change the senior team at this organisation when I came in. And as I say, I used every tool I could. I tried to use the most cost-effective tools that I could to change personnel on that team and bring in a new leadership team so that we could bring in a new era for RTE. Now, that wasn't always possible at zero cost. Now, I would also say that, you know, part of my responsibility is to every single employee at RTE from top to bottom and that they are treated fairly and if they leave the organisation... 
um, that they are all entitled to the same, you know, to the same sort of um, arrangement in terms of their salary and compensation for the number of years they've worked. And there is a mm. set formula for that. And, you know, I will uh, absolutely try and ensure that fairness is met. But, you know, I, th I don't think if I was sitting here now and I had made zero changes to the leadership team in this organisation or to the then executive, I don't think that would be a tenable position when you're trying to deliver real change for the people that work here at RTE. Alan Dillon of Finnegale has asked for all details of all exit packages of all executives from 2016 to last June to be published by mm. RTE. Um, and Brian Stanley has also asked for the terms and conditions effectively of those packages to be published. Will that be done? Well, as I say, we're taking legal advice of what we can do to drive maximum transparency. I mean, I would repeat what I said before. I... I've had a, a career of more than 30 years. The law is pretty clear at the moment about not revealing some of this stuff and it's quite unusual for me to be put in a position where I'm actually being asked by elected officials uh, to break the law. And do you think that's what the Minister asked you to do today? No, no. I had a discussion with the Minister about pursuing every avenue possible, which is what I said would do on, on uh, achieving maximum transparency. And the Minister is very well aware of Ireland's employment laws, um, of the legal constraints. I think she welcomed the fact that we're taking updated legal advice. Are there ways of delivering, you know, more transparency, the maximum we can, again, without breaking the law? Okay. I just want to finally, Kevin Backers, bring you back to Rory Coveney and what was said at the time, um, it, because I've just seen here a, a transcript from the press conference that you gave outside uh, the revolving doors outside of the TV studio mm. here. Um, and you were asked, did he get a payment going out the door? And you said he didn't get a payment going out the door, but he is entitled, as other people are, to statutory level payments when they leave an organisation. Um, I'm not going to, into any more details about individuals. Mm. So can we take it from that, that that is what Rory Coveney got, statutory level payments? I think <clears throat> I said statutory at the time. I mean, I think what I meant is, you know, the, the amount that is appropriate for the length of time he was here. Um, statutory probably is um, a technical term, but, um, you know, he got the well, he got less than the amount, the amount he would be entitled to if he went to the WRC. But more than statutory then, because statutory would be the minimum. Well, possibly. I'm not sure exactly what the, the difference um Okay. would be between the two amounts. But, you know, as I say, I confirmed he got a payment. Um, just very finally then, Catherine Martin said the latest revelations have again damaged trust in RTE. Do you agree? Yes, I think so. But I think it's, you know, it's um, it's for me to try and explain what happened, um, what's happened on my watch and be as accountable as I can for what's happened on my watch and why I have exited people, why I've had to pay people to exit, to change the leadership team and to deliver the change to the organisation. And I'm quite happy to sit here and go to... Uh, committees to explain that and to do interviews with the press, which I've done in you know many of since I've been here, to explain exactly what I'm doing and also to engage with staff. I'm, you know, I'm open, I'm accountable, um, I'm transparent as far as the law allows in doing this. But I think the underlying thing is when you work in a semi-state like we do in RTE, um, we're not in America. You can't just fire people willy-nilly with no, with no repercussions. Um, you know, had I gone down that route. RTE would have a liability which is substantially more than what we ended up paying because we'd have uh, legal cases taken against us, legal costs. And if we got into the WRC, we would have ended up, particularly in a case like someone like Rory, probably paying possibly double what we ended up uh, agreeing with Rory to exit the organisation. So, um, you know, that would be my answer to that. Kevin Backers, thank you very much for joining us. 